Rodgers, Armstrong, and Getty. Pretty damn cool. Very fine people on both sides. Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere podcasts are given away because we're stupid. And now there's a pair of scissors sticking out of my eye. It's One More Thing. Whoa. Armstrong and Getty. One More Thing. I bet I know what happened. Huh. You were running with scissors. (laughs) And as your mom had warned you, you tripped and fell. Right in the eye. (laughs) I made the mistake of telling my kids about... uh, the reusable straws. I told him that story. I horrified him. I clearly like gave him PTSD oh. about this story. Oh, like remember? the aluminum straws that you can the permanent straw. What when the, the when the government bans straws, yeah, there was a time when everything was so peaceful and great that we had time to argue about whether or not we should have straws in America because they're large lodging up turtles' butts, right? Was it their hind end or well, their front end? Like one, and what's so great about it turtles was anyway? Turtle, right? Um, uh, you know, based on that nine-year-old's fake statistics, but. Anyway, we've talked about that. Um, but so they started making these aluminum straws that you could rewash, which seemed like a good idea, kind of. But anyway, a woman like tripped and fell, had the straw in her drink and fell on it, and it went through her eye, like out the back of her head, clear on through her brain pan. Mm. Yeah. It's just that gruesome. had to be uncomfortable. Oh, boy. And my kids still think about that. Oh, geez, like anytime honey. straws come up. My brain pan is cast iron. Good for you. Yeah. And I played this one golf course uh, semi-regularly. Uh, nice course and, and nice, you know, food and everything. Everything's great there. But they have the freaking uh, paper straws. Yeah, it's the only place I go that has that. You don't go to Starbucks or do our, do all no. Starbucks have them or just the one in my county? Maybe? No, I, won't I don't know because I'm, I'm no joiner. I reject corporate America. Yeah, I, I support my local coffee shop. My wife drives around. Well, they don't have a drive-through. My wife drives around <laughs> with a. Uh, Get out of your car, you lazy bastard! <laughs> My wife drives around, drives around with the real straws in her car. Right. Because you go through Starbucks and they give you the paper straw, which dissolves in like Yeah, you got to drink seconds. it quick. Well, if you get a venti, which is the, the big one <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I, I, I the hate the The tall is the straw. tiny one. Um, yeah, so the paper bad. straw is useless. Yeah. I, it, I do occasionally find myself at a Starbucks, most often in an airport, and I will deliberately ask for a medium. Because I will not have their fancy pantsedness infecting my America. I'm changing the language. Exactly. They didn't get to change Speak the language. Speak English. So uh, at the uh, near the end of the A and G show, uh, I mentioned I showed you the picture of my buddy who cut his own hair, and it, uh, it went <laughs> very very poorly in the back. It, uh, it's was he on an incline when he did it. <laughs> Was he on the tilt award? <laughs> Was he on fentanyl? <laughs> uh, I think maybe he was going by feel. Um, so yeah, I do it, but I've been doing it for a long time. Plus, yeah. I'm shaving my head, so it's yeah, just yeah. a little different. Yeah. Now, have you always been a shaven guy, or were you a stubble guy at one point? I'm a stubble guy now. It's stubble. Are you? Yeah, yeah I don't have my glasses on, yeah. so I can barely see that it's, it's you. Stubble. Here, let me feel it. <laughs> There's a huge difference between... Down to the skin with a razor mm-hmm. and a little stubble. Looks completely different. Yeah, I'd definitely be a stubble guy. Plus, it's a lot of work if you want to keep it the smooth, shaved thing. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But no, I've been I've been shaving my own head with a razor for 25 years. I learned that Keith Richards cut of the Rolling Stones, the legendary Keith. If I have to explain who Keith Richards is, never mind. Um, But he always cut his own hair. Because? But, 
thriftiness or well, I think you see you know you're on the road and and he just thinks it's a little getting long here so he'd snip it off and a little over there a little over there but he's got that like tussled up rooster look mm-hmm. it's like it's supposed to be sticking out in different directions so that works but I have this thing with a headband uh often yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh I like if I have to what's a good example like I don't know, I'll I'll like trim my sideburns and and if I notice something's a little uh, like there's straggly, I'll I'll like clip an individual couple of hairs or something like that. But I have the thing where if I'm looking in a mirror, I cannot make my hand go in the correct oh, direction. Right. That's hard to do. I always go opposite. I don't know if everybody struggles with this. Oh, I do. It's yeah, I, do. I have to stop and think. Like, so my eyebrows are going to get all crazy out of control, right. and I got my little scissors, and, like, I'm trying to move them t- t- toward my face. Right. But oh, that's that, the ah, t- toward or away thing. Yeah. kills me. <laughs> God, I'm so bad at that. It really messes with your head, too. Yeah, I know it. And then you start to feel like, I don't know, I don't, how would I describe the emotion? Like, uh, frustrated and... and just and sometimes I think, what's the matter with you? Does your brain not work? Move it closer to you, so you move it closer to the mirror, <laughs> and it's further away from you. No, not that no, way. No, 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 no. Next thing you know, it's in your eye. You're right, blood everywhere. You got a pair of scissors sticking right in your eye. <laughs> Happens all the time. <clears throat> well, I was uh, I, I was reading something. I was probably in junior high or high school or something like that when I read that uh, in general. Males are better at spatial relationships. <laughs> spatial relationships and shapes and stuff like that. Right on the uh, on the SAT tests or whatever, and and females are generally Cooking, better taking care of babies, <laughs> makeup, vacuuming. You know, oh, I, I find myself in a den of pigs. Well, we're laughing because it's intentionally hilarious. I, I I don't even think you should joke about that sort of thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, and and so I remember thinking, whoa, hey, wait, I do way better on the verbal stuff than the spatial relationship thing. In fact, that that the part of the SAT or intelligence tests or whatever, where they have like a weird foldy shape. Mm-hmm. If this were turned over, which shape would it be? It'd take me like ten minutes per. I, I practically had to turn my head upside down. I've always been terrible at that. Hmm. And I, I, I thought I was less than a man. Hmm. Joe, no standing on your head during the test. I'm pretty good at that sort of thing. Put on some panties, Joe. You're I, half a man. I was just thinking if we had a, if we had a <laughs> show, if it was one of those all-women shows, and they were doing the same thing we just did. Like The View? Uh, <laughs> no. <all right. laughs> <laughs> They'd no. all be tired. No, I got it the same way. No, no, it's my turn. No, you don't understand. I need to finish. I was thinking like of a radio show where you'd have actually like clever, perhaps funny women on a radio show like this, but they were doing the same thing we just did, but about a men. Yes. So, you know, things that men are good at, and one of them would say flatulence. You know, what What would women say is jokingly about men? Watching sports, hitting something with a hammer, thinking about sex, being hairy. Being hairy, that's pretty good. I was just wondering what the stereotypes about me. Well, are. that's different, though, because uh, according to your uh, your underdogma culture, your victim culture, that uh, women are, are victims, and so they can mock their oppressors. Being hairy. That's pretty funny. That's, uh, anyway, oh, so I, I wondered whether my whole mirror-scissors thing was like a manifestation of my being less than a man. 
or uh, or, or not. So apparently it's pretty universal. No, mirrors okay. are sorcery. I'm still not exactly sure how they work. Yeah, nobody yeah. knows. Nobody knows. Have you I, ever, like the, I like the hotel mirrors that slim you. I want one of those. Do you? I'll be 500 pounds. <laughs> I'll be thinking I'm looking slim. Looking good. Looking, looking fresh. So this doesn't happen in a... Does it happen in a... It does happen a little bit in a mirror. But anyway, I've noticed this more with other people than with me. I guess I'm used to my own reflection. If I see somebody else's reflection... Because everybody, most people's face is a little crooked. Something's crooked. Sure. Your smile's crooked. Your nose, something's crooked. And you see somebody's reflection in a mirror, and their face is the opposite of what you're used to, the crookedness. It's really weird. Mm. It really throws you off. I've noticed that before. Mm. Selfies on uh, phones can do that sometimes, too. Oh. Like if somebody sends you a selfie picture, it's you. what's different about you? Oh, I'm getting the reverse of what I normally see. Mm. Your, your, your crooked smile is going the other direction. Right. right. You, yeah, and it's, it's really weird. Sometimes it takes you a second to recognize people, yeah, too, like that. Yeah. Just backwards. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that facial recognition stuff works because our faces are so, you know, unique. Yeah. Part of it, I think, is, uh, well, I know is, you know, you're born with a certain facial structure, and then you do things to yourself throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Um you My know. various lip piercings, like <laughs> you guys are aware of, well, but it's radio. Not everybody knows that I have so many. <laughs> My brief career fighting apes. Circus. Well, you That's where those scars are from. <laughs> My record was oh, and well, never mind. <laughs> Not, well, the, part of it is that, but then yeah, yeah, lifestyle. You know, smoking, too much tanning, just aging, just mm-hmm. you know, the, how much you've abused yourself. Sure, uh, sure. that that changes. You your might life get a bit. disease or condition too, that sort of thing. Exactly, but then that's where you get the really unique facial look. Yeah. So I initially like tried to come out really strong at the apes. And when I, you were fighting I mean, we're apes? talking like uh, 400 pound lowland gorillas, too. I mean, these were not like. Well, you, well he knew you couldn't out stamina well, an ape. Exactly. So I think I'll come out like Mike Tyson. I'll just slam him right in the face and win the bout. But, you know, that didn't work. So then I thought, all right, let's be tactical about it. Let's figure out the ape's weakness. And the, turns out they have no weaknesses. No, no. So pound, I lost several more bouts. Pound for pound, they are incredibly strong. Right, right, right. And then I, I and decided. They have no concept of fair play. I would I would get in their ear and say, "Listen, I'll give you a third of my purse if you don't kill me." But they don't speak, right? And so another beating, <laughs> another night in the hospital, and I finally I gave it up. It paid okay, but uh, I just couldn't take it. I wasn't cut out for it. <laughs> Few are. It that's guess I will. I get it. Mirror See, image. That's right, Clever, Michael. Nice. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Did we mention on the air, was it on the podcast or on the air yesterday, that Henry Rollins, the guitar player, is he a punk rocker? Is that what you consider him? Uh, Yeah, heavy, heavy metal-ish, punk-ish. Poet, anyway, he's got a thinker, new, weightlifter, publisher. He's got a new podcast, and the first episode was four hours long. I think. Woof, that's a long podcast. Like he'll pull out an album and sit and listen to the whole album, and then you then discuss it. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. It's an interesting idea. Anyway, I mean, it sounds really good. But sure, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, there are hours. a lot of really long podcasts that do really well. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, what do you got, Sean? So uh, this this was kind of making the rounds on Twitter a couple of days ago. Somebody 
just randomly put out the prompt, which Onion headline do you think about the most, or which one have you found you relate to most often? And people would just share their kind of favorite Onion headlines over the, over the years. My personal favorite was um, something horrible has happened. The worst person you know has made an excellent point. Um, <laughs> uh, that, I, I think about that at least once a week. Um, let's see, uh, some of the others, uh, I'm just kind of scrolling through. These aren't necessarily compiled in any way. Uh, man trying to enter conversation spends few minutes smiling and nodding at edge of circle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, that's the worst. Oh, that made me uncomfortable. (laughs) I know. I know. I got that feeling in my stomach when I've done that, or I see somebody else doing it. Oh, Oh, Uh, uh, this one with the caveat, every time I cook, box with cooking instructions immediately retrieved from the trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, I, I, this is so cool. I don't have the capacity to remember stuff like that. I don't think. I, I love The Onion. I can't. I don't think I can remember any headlines from it. Maybe I'm just stupid. And some of these two are just the the pictures that they pair with the headlines are just so you know just ships right. kiss perfect. Yeah, uh, like like this one. Local oaf not sure what part of counter to order at. <laughs> <laughs> Local oaf. <laughs> I need to use the word oaf more often. <laughs> oh my god! Just just to. Uh... Just to participate, I'm standing at the edge of this conversation, smiling and nodding. I flip to the onion. And, Jack, this one goes out to you. Uh, uh, A long-distance dedication to Jack, this headline. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to get through it. Nine photos of Jennifer Lawrence (laughs) that will make you reassess the scope of the 1986 Vienna Convention on the Law of Treaties between states and international organizations. Oh, my God. That's funny. Those must be some pictures. Oh, my That's funny. God. So, so here's a couple that uh, that are uh, for the more intellectual, uh, you know, kind of nerdy uh, headlines. We got um, jurisprudence fetishist gets off on technicality. Mm. Some good wordplay there. Yeah, I like it. And this one, I believe, is from that same category. But I don't. I I get that first joke. I'm I'm admitting that I'm a dullard, and I do not get this next one. Standard deviation not enough for perverted statistician. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That Local oaf doesn't get that joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, so scrolling through some more. This one's uh from the sports tab. Little league pitcher just getting. Shelled. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Man hoping people will notice how many folding chairs he's carrying at once. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I've always been proud of my folding chair carrying abilities. I'm good at putting away folding chairs. I tell you what, I see some guy carrying one in each hand. What are you doing? Get out of here. Uh, let's see. Kittens, <laughs> kitten thinks of nothing but murder all day with a picture of just like the cutest cat you've ever right. seen on the. That's funny. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, I think that. But but there was some. Um, no way to prevent this says only nation where this regularly happens. Um, <laughs> again, while you're looking for your next favorite, I like this one from the current Onion. Undaunted Texas Waffle House waitress has been expecting to die there every day for the past 20 years anyway. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. That's probably fairly true. Ouch. 
That's a little dark. Hilarious, yeah. but dark. <laughs> Archaeological dig uncovers ancient race of skeleton people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, huh. so dumb, but so amusing. The onion is uh, its such a wonderful thing. I, I love it. So what's the Babylon Bee, then? Is that like a competing onion? or uh, Yeah, it's... from a conservative uh, Christian point of view. Oh, okay. It, it, it frequently ribs uh, uh, progressive, uh, you know, uh, people and, I and tweeted, leading lights. I tweeted out one of their headlines, and it had a picture to go with it. Inspiring. Celebrities spell out, we're all in this together with their yachts. Yeah. And there's a picture of a whole <laughs> bunch of yachts off of Malibu. Many described the scene as breathtaking or awe-inspiring. Others were so touched they couldn't find the words to communicate how they felt. Most simply wept. As celebrities spelled out, we're all in this together with their yachts. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. Uh... <laughs> Zoom crasher becomes too engrossed in sales meeting to scream obscenities. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because those, those meetings are just friggin' riveting. So he was going to Zoom bomb it, but then just got so sucked into the information. What about- will we do about the third quarter? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's good stuff. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. So we're recording this podcast on the 20th of February. Um, yesterday. To was, those of you in the future. Was the, uh, the anniversary of the beginning of the Battle of Iwo Jima, which everybody's heard of because of the flag raising picture, right? And the famous movie. Which comes out of the picture, I suppose. Right. Well, and the two are uh, the two Clint Eastwood movies about Iwo Jima are. I need to watch those again. They're I've never seen so them. good. Really? Oh, sweet God! He two movies, one from the American perspective, the other from the Japanese perspective. What a cool idea! Oh yeah, yeah. Only Clint could get it done. They're both absolutely brilliant. And the one from the Japanese perspective, according to. I guess most people is is the superior one, and it is really interesting. But so the battle lasted thirty days, uh, five weeks, five weeks. Yeah, wow. Yeah, um, some of the it, fiercest and bloodiest fighting uh, in the Pacific. Interesting, you would bring it up today. Those of you in the future, it's February twenty twenty. You could be listening to this in two thousand thirty, hovering in your craft. It, it's two twenty twenty twenty. Um, but uh, the day that we're doing this is the day California's passing one of those meaningless resolutions apologizing for the internment camps. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, again, I mean, yeah. it's just, well, I think it's some sort of show of political correctness or trying to win the Japanese vote or something like that. I mean, there have been so many apologies. And, and, but yeah. uh, anyway. to tying the two together, the, the reason for the internment camps was because we were at an actual fight to the death yes. with another country that had the upper hand on us, at least at the beginning. And the country was terrified. Right. There's the, a possibility of losing the war and being taken over by Japan. Right. Yeah, this is, this is the stuff that just drives me crazy with the way, you know, the mainstream media and sometimes schools deal with history. Both things are often true. There was a tremendous threat to the homeland. And it would have come over the West Coast from Japan if Japan had chosen to to do that. Probably would have been suicidal, militarily speaking, but there was a huge concern about spies and infiltrators and the rest of it. Having said that, the internment thing was horribly done and wildly unfair and racist and, and awful. 
but it's like the uh, the Red Scare thing, which is always portrayed as just paranoia and nationalism and stupidity, when in fact there were communists all over the place in our State Department and our media and our government in D.C. in general who were trying to undermine the government. Just it, it went way too far. But anyway, getting back to uh, the battle for Iwo Jima. Hey, uh, Sean, could, could you do me a favor and look up the title of those two Clint Eastwood movies? Um, Letters from Our Fathers or... One of them I can't remember. Fistful of dollars? No, no, no. Any which way but lo- any which way but losing. Any which were, way you can. You know the, in, sec- the sequel. Any which way you can. Interesting bit of trivia about Bronco the Billy. E- Iwo Jima. <laughs> there were no orangutans at all. Bronco Billy. Bronco Billy. Excellent, Michael. That was a poll. Excellent, obscure, not probably proud of it. Clint Eastwood movie. Is it letters from Iwo Jima? Yes, that was one of them, and the other one was something. But if you know what, if you know how Google works, you can find it. Clint Eastwood movies, Iwo Jima. Uh, a couple of interesting facts about this horrific uh, letters. Uh, letters from Iwo Jima and flags of our fathers. That's it. Yeah. I combined the two titles into one. Letters of our, of our fathers. Dear son, haven't you found a job yet? <laughs> oh, let's see. Get a haircut. It was. By the way, it's historians say the result of that of the battle was practically inevitable. Because we had the America had overwhelming superiority in numbers and arms, air supremacy. The Japanese could not retreat or reinforce. Um, we had it surrounded, but to actually take the island and use it was incredibly bloody. Now, I read it yesterday described as the worst combat in U.S. history. Yeah, I'm, in terms of I can't contradict that violence of it. And- uh, Japanese combat de- combat deaths outnumbered um, the American deaths three times higher. Although American total casualties, dead and wounded, actually exceeded those of the Japanese. But listen to this: of the twenty one thousand Japanese soldiers on Iwo Jima at the beginning of the battle, twenty one thousand only two hundred sixteen were taken prisoner. The majority of the remainder were killed in action. Um, although it was estimated that as many as 3,000 continued to resist within the various cave systems for many days afterward, eventually succumbing to their injuries or surrendering weeks later. Uh, interestingly enough, even during the battle, during the bloody fighting and severe casualties, there was a real controversy over whether it was worth it, whether we could actually use it as a base anyway. Hmm. Um, but Boy, I haven't heard much about that, and that's the sort of thing... That uh, probably doesn't get as discussed as much as it should, because you know how military stuff works. Yes. Because nobody would want to be on the hook for, you know, we probably didn't even really need to do that. Right. Uh, there's a guy named William Pratt who wrote a book uh, entitled What Makes Iwo Jima Worth the Price. Um, and he said it was really useless as a as a base and, and a couple other things. But, you know, but, oh, my God, Afghanistan. And this is one of our more serious podcasts, certainly, but. Ask any of the guys um, in the Korangal Valley in um, in Afghanistan. Ask any one of the Hamburger Hill type situations in Vietnam, where you grab a bit of land, and you know the generals say, "No, it turns out we don't need that land, really." So we're going to march over here, having you, spent hundreds of thousands of lives in grabbing that piece of but land. You're, you're right. This is a serious podcast. The Bronco Billy reference aside, right? Um, you often don't know until it's over, though. I mean, there are lots of civil war battles you could look at and say, "Ah, eh, probably wasn't strategically necessary for all those people to die." But you right. don't you don't know that at the time, always. Well, yeah, and things change. Obviously, um, the United States M2 flamethrower 
was heavily used in this battle, as well as the other places in the Pacific. Oof. Yeah, <clears throat> it was, uh, if you had uh, Japanese soldiers in pillboxes, buildings, caves, hold up, there's no way to go in there with guns, etc., you go in with flamethrowers. A battalion would assign one flamethrower per platoon with one reserve flamethrower in each group. Flamethrower operators were usually in more danger than regular troops as the short range of their weapon required close combat. Um, and you could see the flames from a long way away. And, and the uh, the other guys really did not like that. And so they, they sniped them a lot. But anyway, um, Marines later experimented with flamethrowers on tanks uh, during the battle. But uh, crazy violent, uh, you know, you could go on and on about it. But um, watch those Clint Eastwood movies if you want to know more about the battle and the way it went. Because it was hailed as pretty accurate, um, it portraying the Japanese uh, uh, armaments and what's the, what's the word? Their, their defenses. Will there ever have to be battles like that again? Or would you just drop a tactical nuke on the island, kill everybody, and then go set up shop? I mean, if you're actually in a in a... A battle for existence. I don't know. Oh, oh a real existential yeah. battle. I don't know. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men or which one's more evil? We mm. could get into Hiroshima and Nagasaki now if you wanted, but that would make it even more serious. So we'll be having that this summer then, the anniversary of that. So there'll be plenty of time to talk about that come June. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or I didn't August, mention it was 1945 sorry. that uh, the yeah. battle for Iwo Jima took place very late in the war. Um, Anyway, yeah, that and and I'm so sure the Nazis surrendered in April, I think, the European. So then it's on to Japan, and uh, really the focus of that. And then you got that happening. Wow! Right, right. We're either going to invade at the cost of many hundreds of thousands of lives on both sides, and protracted fighting for God knows how long, or we drop a couple of nukes and it's all done. So then you got the whole. So after all that, so you got the hard people. Making for good times, mm-hmm. and good times making for soft people, mm-hmm. the soft people making for bad times, which is where we're headed. Tough times, yeah, probably, which make for hard people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'll um, be all right. Might not be good news for my kids. This is the saddest, uh, most depressing podcast we've it's ever. It's not done. depressing. It's realism. Again, the Bronco Billy reference aside. Are you depressed by realism? It's time to time to wake up. Listen to you sneezing when your country needs you most. I'd rather my kids don't have to have their lives timed to live through hard times. Yeah, I know I know what you mean. But there's not much I can do about it. No, you don't get to choose is the no. thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 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 much respect. Shout out to America's veterans. And, you know, and uh, that's the anniversary of the Battle of Iwo Jima. I apologize for my shocking levity. Yeah. Inappropriate I and shocking. Probably should edit it out. Well... That was edited out, is what I said. Why don't you take one more try, Mr. Biden? (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. The reason my wife traveled uh, so far was to pick up a, a championship lineage pug puppy. I don't know what that championship is. And... The award yeah. for worst breathing goes to Oh Lord. Puggles the pug. So a championship line of pugs is like that racing or fighting or 
I think it's fighting hey, pugs. You've watched no, oh, geez, that's horrific. You've watched the dog shows. It's all about yeah. the the lines. Somebody yeah, they're, they're, somebody artificially decides how long their legs are supposed to be compared to their back and their gait, cr- stuff like that. And then you breed them to try to get that size, shape. And then uh, you know you know the whole thing. So how many yeah. dogs do you have now, Jack? I don't know, 70, 75. <laughs> uh, they don't stand still. I think we have four. I think. That's hilarious. If I stopped and counted them, I could come up with it, but I don't. Th- I try not to think about it very much. Do they just like show up at random, and you, <laughs> there's just a new one? And you go, oh, how about that? You know, there are two outdoors and two indoors now. Yes, yeah, so that's four. A friend of mine just sold his suburban home and moved out to a country place, a few acres. Got a little corral and everything. He's happy as can be. Gonna get him a couple of donkeys. Well, uh, cool. Well, I oh, told that's him. Awesome. I said, get some goats. He said, no, we're going to get donkeys first. I said, why donkeys? He said, I don't know. My wife wants donkeys. There you go. So they're going to get some donkeys and some chickens. Um, What else? Oh, then he started to mess with me and tell me alpacas and stuff like that. But we're gonna I get, don't think he was serious. We're going to get chickens as soon as the old lady dies. That's what I refer to the... Uh, oh, jeez. The, elder, the wife? The, <laughs> no, the elderly female dog. We oh. call the old lady. Oh. oh. She's, oh. She's, she's toward the end of life. And the best dog I've ever had in my life. But she's toward the end of her life. But she was a chicken-eating some bitch, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. But so we're yeah, going to get chickens work. again. But so as I can say, oh, having outdoor dogs is nothing. If you have property, having outdoor dogs, whether you have two or three, is you won't notice. Mm. Other than you'll have slightly more dog food you buy, I guess. Um, mm. But there's really, but inside dogs, as you know, is something you do notice. And I oh, have a feel yeah. like going from one to two is going to be quite noticeable. As they interact well, with each other. Puppies are easy. I mean, oh, yeah, and don't take much carefree. time or destroy them. Yeah, carefree. Yeah. <laughs> so, what'd you end up naming the dog? It has no name yet. It has no name. She girl. Um, I uh, I don't I don't know. I don't. I'm not involved in that either. So, I'm not involved in this at any level. Really. It sounds like you're really just kind of a passive observer of this whole uh, experience. You're just a passenger in the in the pug ride. I am a passenger in the dog getting world. Apparently, <laughs> yes. But as far as naming, and I don't care. How about, uh, they briefly, why the they hell briefly... is this dog here? Why Would that be a good uh, name? <laughs> Carol Baskins. Yeah. You call it Wytha for short. Yeah, I guess there's a, there is some talk of breeding at some point. And being able to sell them and all that sort of stuff. Which, ah, I see. I don't know how well that works. A new well, sideline. Got the championship lineage now. Exactly. Then you got to find a stud, a stud pug. Seems like an oxymoron. God, I gotta believe uh, pugs close their eyes when they have sex. <laughs> Just to those get are ugly little bastards. <laughs> I mean, even your fellow pug is thinking, "I can't get with that." As as the as tiny puppies, they're pretty cute, but man, they turn giant fat blobs fast. And from what I understand, <laughs> they carry it all in their face. From what I understand, <laughs> the uh, the the pug, this championship lineage pug puppies parents are just like pillows with heads wow <laughs> which I and that's, that's good a, yeah, yeah, the pugs? I, yeah was that something to look forward to well, pugs are kind of small though what do they weigh you reckon you ever weighed your pug when they get big yeah pugzito what does he weigh um he's he's pretty solid because he's fat i'd say he's 20 pounds even though he's very oh, okay. small so that's a pretty small dog yeah he's very short but he's fat uh average pug is about 14 to 18 pounds Hmm. That's some excellent pug data there, Sean. Thanks, <laughs> last, buddy. last time he was at the vet, the vet said he's gained three pounds. So I well, mention that percentage. to him all the time. You know you've gained three pounds, so you might want to back away. Yeah, back away from the bowl there, hmm. Tubby. 
I don't know. Puppies, uh, puppies, kids, kids like them, but they're not really doing the work, you know. No, no. If you like, if you like, kids make decisions. As you know, you'd have like fifty puppies and twenty kitties. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And birds and all kinds of all kinds of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. They, and you'd be doing all the work. Because they aren't going to uh, go to the pet store and pick up the food on the way home from work and just all that sort of stuff and clean their this and that and pay the vet bills. and Sure. Was it uh, during the show or during a commercial break we were talking uh, about puppies? And when I had uh, uh, Onyx and Ace, um, they chewed up freaking everything. They chewed up the ignition Labradors, line. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Black Labs. Um I don't know why I have to bring race into it. Uh, they they would chew up the they chewed up the ignition line in my Weber grill, so I had to light it by hand, which is no big deal. Now that happened they, in one of our grills, yeah, huh. yeah. They chewed up the uh, legs of the chairs at our kitchen table. They chewed up baseboards, which is how do you really difficult do that? To, how when you look at a baseboard, what would make you think you're going to chew on it? It sticks out like you know three eighths of an inch. I think I but would. They chewed up the baseboard. I think I might move out before I'd ever have a lab puppy. Oh yeah, they're just insane. Having heard Completely. the stories, and we had two. Having heard yeah. the stories, it's just terrible idea. Yeah, terrible. We, we idea. work with a guy. He had a lab, and and they don't stop doing that till like what one and a half or something. Oh no no no! That see, that's what they tell you. Listen, they calm down after a year or two. They calm down a little after a year or two. They're it's really they're four. Before they're not insane. Yeah, a couple depending of, on the dog. A couple of high-strung dogs I've had, I would say, yeah, you're well into like four or five years old when they become the great dog you were picturing. Yeah, and that four, or which five is years exactly ago. when we adopted Baxi Taxi. He was just turning five. Perfect, like a perfectly ripe fruit. But we work, we work with a guy who had a lab that, like, um, he would keep in the basement when he was at work and tore the wood paneling off the oh. living room. ate the couch he ate the walls ate ate the walls ate the couch (laughs) tore up all the carpet like many thousands of dollars worth of damage oh yeah yeah i I had a lab growing up and i used to remember uh he would love it when people put pants on because he would try to just bite the end of the pants before your before your foot made it all the way through turn it into like a tug-of-war game I think oh, that's man. I think that's where the dog thing comes from though as as a kid you remember the last half of their life which is fantastic Mm-hmm. But the first half of the life is really rough. And you're well, probably too young a kid to remember it while your parents were trying to deal with all the holes in the backyard and destroying the fence and the, well, the right. garden hoses chewed up and all that. As a little kid, the dog chews up the table legs or whatever. What the hell does a kid care? Sure. I don't care. I'll sit at this table. I don't <laughs> mind. Dad bought the damn thing. You know, and mom picked it out. She's not happy. But yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. I'll bet that's true. The kids remember the mature years because that's m- much more recent. And and the trouble just doesn't matter to a kid. If I had my druthers and I don't, I would uh, buy dogs that, like, you know, got abandoned. The, the old lady died when it was four or whatever and get those right. dogs. that are just, They've been through those difficult years. They need love. They're fantastic dogs. That's what Well, I mean. and as I said during the radio show, it's easier and you appear to be noble. Well, yes, we went to a lab rescue. Because uh, this poor dog didn't have a home, which is all true, by the way. Right. It seems more compassionate. I like the idea of sounding noble. Speaking of dogs, <laughs> did I show you this TikTok that my daughter sent me? It's really <laughs> funny. It's a dog. You are my 
That's right. Walking we will go horse. for walkies, and we will go on a picnic. And then you see it's a horse. <laughs> you didn't know it was a horse. Do you know what you pugs? thought it was a purse? With pugs, part of the championship line is the more their faces rolled over their nose and it's hard to breathe, the better. Bah. It's considered. So that's this one, this odd. one can barely breathe at all, and that's considered fantastic. What the freak? I don't know. I'm not the AKC. That's insane. Is there a breed somewhere that can barely take a crap? And that's considered just a fabulous, fabulous quality. And look at this dog. Deaf as a stone. The deafer they are, the more it's admired. Look at this dog. His eyes bleed. This one smells terrible. Oh, my God. This one has heart attacks on a regular basis. It's considered very desirable in the breed. (laughs) Can't get rid of the heartworm. Your vet bills will be through the ceiling. It's fantastic. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.